2: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. And now, get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC Terms and Conditions Supply.
3: Welcome back to uh, Rock M Reacts, right live from the press box post-game. Uh, after Missouri just narrowly... Emphasis on the narrowly-edged Middle Tennessee State 23-19. A lot to digest from this game. Jaden, just kind of your your instant takeaway from what we just witnessed.
4: Man, games like this are tough because there's games where you look at it and you're like, you know, win's a win. This one was, as Drinkwood said, hard fought. But you come away with a lot of, I would say, question marks. You know, sometimes it's just not. You come away from a victory and you're like, this doesn't feel as good, especially with the team that is coming in next week. A really tough team, a lot. More talented um, in pretty much every aspect the Middle Tennessee State was, so you know, kind of alarmed after this victory. But you know, two and zero for the first time since twenty eighteen, you'll take a win where you can
3: get it. Yeah, I was about to say it is the first time in the Drinkwitz era that he has started out two and zero in a season, so there is that positive. But in the press conference, as you mentioned, it was the 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 tone within the team. You know, especially everybody except for Darius Robinson, who he just lives with a smile on his face permanently. But Brady Cook definitely seemed like a guy that knew we got to get to work and fix a lot of things before next week. Drinkwitz was definitely the same mindset. Um, It's just it does seem like a team that seems a little defeated after the first two weeks have not been, you know, Robinson. I think one of the best things he said during the presser was this was not the standard of defense that we had talked to you guys about throughout the whole summer telling the media about how different things were going to be this year. They haven't shown that as of yet, at least for 60 minutes in a game uh, and they're going to need to play substantially better next week as you said against kansas state uh, wildcats look good again today with the victory over troy so Troy's a good team too. yeah and Troy, troy's a very good team out of the sunbelt and they beat them by more points than mizzou's beat you know the first two opponents they played so concerning points um we'll start off with a positive though Daylon carnell today started the defensive side and we, we knew coming into the season that he was going to be one of the faces of the defense we're flying all over the place making great tackles um coverage has never been a strong suit that's all right he was flying all over the place just what do you see from him today and kind of how do you see his role developing throughout the season and yeah
4: you know coverage you say is not his strong suit i remember a play out here on the field and it was on a third down and he had pretty sticky good coverage so you know that's a sign for him if he can develop in his coverage he's going to become more complete player but you know he was flying around that defense was flying around you know trying to neutralize that middle tennessee state you know high tempo um, offense early on and i know there's a few plays um, With Dalen, he was is like early on the downs. Yeah, I think he had a good tackle for loss early. And then there was another first down where he made a good, I think it was a run stuff or pass stuff and play. I can't quite remember, but it got Middle Tennessee State behind on downs. And his physicality was there along with the entire defense, um, especially early on. So, you know, outstanding game from him. I would say he's the defensive MVP of tonight's performance it's pretty safe But
3: yeah, it was and it was interesting especially early in the game You saw MTSU really attacking the perimeter a lot screen passes sweeps, stuff like that And that was not working the speed and the talent on this defense is just too Especially going against opponent like MTSU. They're not gonna be able to get away with that credit Rick stock still um, And especially and I might butcher his last name, but Nick v- Vitaito Vatiato, one of the two and um, he played an incredible game himself hid the adjustments they made where they just let him start run some more design runs as well in that second half for him that was really something I don't think Baker expected like Baker expected coming into this game and that kind of burned them at times but then later on you saw them start spying him with hopper and guys like Carnell as well and ended up working out another point on Carnell though is that he's also still only a sophomore oh, so yeah. he still has such a long way to go he could be a coverage star as well by the time he's a junior senior and that would likely lead to him being a top you know two or three round pick if we're being honest uh Mm -hmm. he continues on this trajectory so definitely a future star out uh out in the perimeter there
4: and that kind of just shows kind of like the talent disparity we saw um but against mizzou and middle tennessee and state like you said credit to the blue raiders coming out you know this is the third straight time this century they've came out and played mizzou hard yeah so you know all credit to him but to them but you know missouri's defense they're really talented they got some guys that can fly around and play in it it showed, it showed up here tonight, and that's a big reason why they're walking out 2-0 and instead of 1-1. and yeah.
3: Defense at the end of the day, I mean, outside of the, the fourth and goal, uh, MTSU scoring off that was a bit disappointing. But other than that, I think defense performance overall, based on having your back against the wall a lot of tonight, especially without getting much off from the offense, I think overall uh, did well to flip to the negatives and to go to the other side of the ball. We'll first talk about something that will be debated for a, you know at least a couple weeks, is that fourth down... Uh, I believe it was near midfield, late in the game, up by 13. You have the opportunity to go for it, fourth and one, um, run out the clock, potentially score and put the game away. Drinkowitz offs to punt. MTSU drives, I believe it was 83-ish yeah. yards downfield, scores, makes this a ball game again, safety happens, et cetera, et cetera. You look back on that decision as a potential turning point of this game. A lot of people say, why are you not going for it? You should be able to run for one yard against MTSU. You're at home, you're at midfield, you're up. Drinkwitz in the postgame presser said pretty much the opposite. You're up by 13. Your defense is playing well. Why are you giving them the ball at midfield if you miss that? Certainly a fair point. Certainly probably the logical point here, but you were also the SEC team going up uh, against a member of the Conference USA because uh, they did not switch to yeah, yeah, the they there's, there's still, there's many- still so much changed up with that conference, but you should be able to get that yard and put that game away. I think that's the mindset a lot of people come into that with. Was that a scared decision from Drinkwitz? Was that the logical one? Obviously, hindsight 2020, and that it didn't work out how we planned. But is that conservative play calling going to hurt him? It's hurt him in the past. Is it going to hurt him throughout the season?
4: Still? I'm going to be honest with you. I would say yes. That's a scared play call. I mean, I believe they were on the 45. I believe it was fourth and one, and you're up two possessions. You know, you're on plus side territory. Just hand the ball off. I mean, the running lanes for the most part seem to be open pretty much all night and we're going to talk about that here shortly a little bit but you know when you're in that situation you're up two scores you're in, it's in the fourth quarter you're in like i said in positive you know a situation you either you're either going to get the first down or you're going to punt. and i believe what makes it even worse is they punted the ball they're on the 45 right mm-hmm. and i think it went out of bounds at the 17 yard
3: yeah you didn't sell so deep like you, you didn't wanted. you didn't pin them
4: deep as you wanted to so that made the decision even look worse and they add on to that, they would go right back downfield to score. So instead of being up three possessions, possibly three possessions, and, you know, they still go down and score, they'd make this a ball game again. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a questionable call, and, you know, I think that, that hurts you. Like, this is early in the season. Do that stuff. It's it, If you keep with that same mindset going into this powerful conference, it's not going to work. Yeah. And we're going to get the same results as we've gotten in the pre- previous years, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
3: And it's also, I mean, another point on that, you had an open punter competition throughout fall camp. I don't, I mean, unless they, I mean, they're in the building, I'm not, but unless they know something, I don't, you're not uber confident in either of those punters you're throwing out there at this point. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you're just guaranteed pinning them inside the five every time. You don't have a guy like that. A real quick side note. I also did one touch on Mivas made a field goal, missed a PAT. I believe it was blocked. I haven't looked at the the video yet, but I believe it was at least tipped slightly. But Drinkwitz did say in the post-game press conference, he is very concerned about the kicking game. Not even just Mavis, really. I don't even think Mavis is the big culprit he's staring at. He's looking at snap and hold, and they have rotating faces there throughout the time. What's your concern level with that going forward?
4: Oh, I'm really concerned, and I think it it's a lot more than Mavis. I think it goes down all the way, the entire PAT, PAT team, because looking at that play, they showed the replay of it, and there was a lot of pressure, it looked like that was coming from one side and I think it may have been blocked I couldn't really tell but he pushed that kick it was to the left right mm-hmm. and the pressure was coming from the other side of him so mm-hmm. you know I think it, it is concerning the way that kick was cause I, I don't think it's all me last week the laces were out mm-hmm. which that's on you know the holder and long the holder and place placeholder placeholder and longstaff I'm trying mm-hmm. to say but yes I am concerned about special teams it's, it goes beyond Mavis before we try to just completely throw him under the bus. It's yeah. the entire special teams unit. And even speaking more of a bigger picture on special teams, that kickoff that was brought out by mm-hmm. Marvin Burks, Marvin Burks yeah. the safety I believe was two plays later. Mm-hmm. Was that yes. the same drive? I believe so. Yeah. And I think Drinkwitz, Drinkwitz mm-hmm. he was talking about, yeah, you got to take a touchback there. Because he went back in the end zone
1: mm-hmm.
4: and got the ball and then ran it out and was stopped at the sixteen. And I believe if that's the same possession two plays later, it resulted in the safety and that could have been bad for this team. Yeah. But special teams, yes, I would say my concern level there is a 10 out of 10.
3: And Drinkwood, drink post postgame said that's a freshman mistake straight up. You know, And they still, the, every, every player coach said mm-hmm. that they still have a lot of confidence in Marvin Burks. He's okay. still a young guy. that, And if we were field side today. Marvin Burks looks like a starting SEC defensive <laughs> oh, yeah. back on the field right now, which is impressive to say of a freshman. So there is that. I, not too much of a knock on him. To continue alternating between positives and negatives. Uh, Nathaniel Pete had a great game tonight kind of a kind of a breakout game for him of sorts after he was kind of forgotten a little bit about at the end of last season uh didn't do too much last week but we all saw the wide open 49 yard mm-hmm. touchdown catch that was great to see him getting involved in the passing game as such a dynamic player uh and then he also had 51 yards on the ground schrader led the way with 84 but that was on 23 attempts pete only ran it eight times for 51 yards that's a 6.4 average he looked really good throughout today it was probably the best we've seen him play since mid since pre-georgia game last Mm -hmm. year i could say um which it just adds so much more to the offense because he is such an explosive talent um you know also just a a great face and leader on this team when you hear him talk he was also at the presser after the game um you know a very very upbeat guy in general he and d rob were the two guys that were in there smiling no matter what because that's just kind of who they are but uh a great game from pete do you do you see this continuing forward, this kind of two-headed monster? Because last year it was like that early on, and then Schrader kind of took over down the stretch. Is Pete going to be able to continue doing this, and how so? Did they get more involved in the passing game, too? Because that's something they talked about as well.
4: I feel like the two-headed monster hasn't even been used yet, in my opinion. I mean, Pete only had nine touches the entire game between... Yeah. Um, rushing and receiving so I believe you know I would love to see him get more opportunities
3: not in the second half as far as he didn't touch
4: the
1: ball in the I don't second think half, he really did country. either
4: I would love to see him more opportunities. I mean 6.4 yards per carry and he absolutely capitalized on that uh missed missed blitz by Middle Tennessee State mm-hmm. but when he runs the ball he's been able to get some positive yards this year I even thought last game you know they could have given the ball to him more so I would love to see that him more involved with Cody Schrader in this offense, especially him in the passing game. I remember in fall camp, I was constantly saying that he is the best pass-catching running back on this team, and I would Mm -hmm. love to see him, you know, be utilized more, you know, whether it's the short passing game or the screen game. I would love to see him be more involved in this office. And talking about him from a leader standpoint, you know, knowing him for a long time off the field. Yeah, he's a very great guy, very great, humble guy. He goes out there and works and does his best. So, but great game from him, you know, a big contributor on the offensive side in this win alongside Luther Burton. So, you know, I'm I'm happy to see him perform, and I would but I would love to see, you know, critiquing this offense, him be more involved mm-hmm. in the future.
3: Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, in a local product out of Rockbridge High School, obviously, so there is a big conglomerate of just, you know, hometown fans there cheering him on and love to see him back back in Mizzou after his brief stint at Stanford. Uh, I did want to quickly touch on as well, just around the running game, the offensive line play tonight. I thought it was very 50-50. I would say last week I... I Last week, I liked how they played more, but this week was a different challenge. And the fact that MTSU brings blitzes—I mean, if you watch the game, you saw they brought blitzes two to th- two to three plays per down. I mean, or per like set of downs. Essentially, they were bringing six or seven all the time. Uh, a lot was put on the running backs to pass protect. Mm-hmm. I thought they held up well. Four sacks on Cook. The one of them, I believe, was at the end when he was just scrambling around yeah. and got touched the ground. So that doesn't really count. It was tough. It was going to be a tough task um, to to consistently be able to protect against that. I thought the offensive line helped serve well. Still, too many penalties. I thought the run blocking was great. I still saw a ton of just gaping holes for Nathaniel Pete and Cody Schrader to run through tonight. Mm-hmm. Again, you're gonna when you get into different competition, can that hold up? We'll see. They're just gonna to need to cut down on the mistakes, I think, yeah. uh, moving forward.
4: Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm gonna you know echo what Drinkwood says. There might be some personnel changes mm-hmm. out there. Drinkwoods did mention that post game, but oh yeah, run blocking. You know, I like to see them being able to create running lanes. It's just in the passing game I'm going to be worried about, especially playing tougher defenses going forward. And like you said, how, I don't know how many penalties we had tonight, but, again, way too many. We saw it back-to-back plays. It was, I guess it was towards the end of the game where they were, what, in the third and one?
3: Yeah. And then you had
4: the false start. But it was the OPI, but there was still – it was an the offensive pass. Marcellus
3: this. came in who didn't – as far as I know, didn't start this game. Yeah. And he was in late game in a scenario. I believe he came off the field mm-hmm. after that false start. Um, so yeah. interesting nice to see kind of how that rotation is yeah. going to keep working out as well. But
4: there were still, you know, a couple holding penalties in there. Way too many penalties, and this is something that hurt this team last year. And I specifically yeah. look at the Auburn and Georgia games yeah. last year. Penalties came up big, and this was one of the most penalized teams in college football in 2022. So that's something as a coach that's going to drive you nuts. You got to play clean football, especially if you want to get over this hump that Missouri is trying to get to. Mm-hmm. And this offensive line, yes, I would say they're opening up running lanes, but you got to protect the quarterback. you got to cut down on those penalties. And that's going to be key moving forward these next few weeks.
3: And the concern is that future opponents, especially SEC opponents, are going to look at the film from this game and say, if we just heat this offense up on passing downs, they can't adjust. Because that's what happened with the safety pressure coming in Brady's face. He wasn't able to quickly enough throw it away to get it out of there. Um, and his – well, actually, this is going to segue us perfectly into the, the final point of today is Brady Cook's level of play today. Uh, it was difficult for him. I thought he did well on getting to some hot reads early in the first half. And then I feel like as the game went on, he got a little bit. He got some happy feet. I think that mm-hmm. clock in his head started getting shorter and shorter because he kept feeling that pressure all the time. So it was a very mixed bag for Brady. He got a great throw to Luther, uh, of course, down the field that, that looked um, that looked really good coming out of his hand. Didn't run a ton today, but he was effective when he did. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was not a clean game. He he was probably even more, at least into my eyes, even more disappointed in that post-game press conference than Drake was because he was, I mean, you saw it. Uh, I forget the the PR guy asked for any more questions, and Brady was already halfway yeah, up the board. Because exactly. he said, I mean, he said, he was like, tonight we'll sit on this one, tomorrow morning we're getting up, we got to fix things, and there is a lot to do. Because... He said it himself he was not accurate enough tonight he was not making great decisions there was a lot again pressure in his face all the time it's really tough to be a great quarterback regardless of who you are if that's a reality but what did you think about how he played tonight i mean compared to last week and also just moving into next week what the what the momentum around him is because he's going to be this week that is going to be one of the most talked about things is is sam horn going to appear next Mm -hmm. week and yeah
4: and just starting off more with the positives we did see that deep shot that he took to Luther Burton. And there was another one early in the game where it was dropped. You know, we can debate on how the ball was thrown, but I thought it was a pretty good he thrown. But like you yeah, said, it's, it's tough when the team's bringing that pressure. And a lot of quarterbacks, you know, especially at the collegiate level, they don't do very well under pressure, especially if they keep getting hit. But overall, I'm not – when we're talking about this offensive consistency, I will still, until we truly see it, not put it all on Brady Cook. And I still think out of all the quarterbacks they have between Cook Sam Horn, Jake Garcia, each Saturday, and Drinkwits has said this, even though I've – that's a different story. But he gives Missouri – Brady Cook gives Missouri the best chance to win every Saturday, and I do believe that. It's just – like, it was hard. The old offense didn't really have a good game today. And going forward, they're really going to have to break down that film and correct stuff because, like we said at the top of this um, recording, K-State's not going to mess around. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they can – they're going to – Look at that! How Brady Cook kind of performed under pressure and be like, okay, if we do this, then we know what's going to happen. But yeah. Cook, he did. He got Missouri to win, though. Mm-hmm. He made some plays to get them downfield, get them into the scoring opportunities, and Missouri comes out with a four-point victory. So you can't pin it all. You can't pin it all and bash mm-hmm. the quarterback all week because that's very. I would say, you it's know, not, not
3: as short-sighted smart. in a way, I feel yeah. like. Because, I mean, again, at the end of the day, let's play the hypothetical. Mm-hmm. You throw Sam Horn or Jake Garcia out there tonight, they're facing the same pressure. Are they going to fare much better coming ice cold off the bench? No way. Mm-hmm. Even if they started this game, no way. I don't think any of the quarterbacks in this roster are playing much better than Cook did tonight if they're mm-hmm. out there. Again, 14 for 19, 204 yards, two touchdowns. It's not like his numbers are terrible. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the flashiest game. It wasn't coming off of, you know, I guess not him personally, but just as a team mediocre performance last week. You expected so much more of this team this week. I think that's what everybody's walking away from saying. It almost looked as if this team got worse between weeks one and two. And now you've gotta make that big jump before week three. Kansas State's gonna be one of the most physical and just toughest teams that they play the entire season. Mm -hmm. It's gonna test everybody. Um, It's gonna be a difficult one next Saturday morning. It'll be tough. Vengeance will be on people's mind as well, though. Mm -hmm. Last year, that was a true humbling that they took on that rainy morning in Manhattan. So we'll see. It's going to be one of the bigger games. Sold out game as well. Uh, I will also comment the fans again tonight were, were really great. Uh, I believe it was 57, 645. Yeah, was I think it was the largest,
4: largest crowd since 2019, 2018.
3: Yeah. And next week will probably eclipse that. So at the end of the day, 2-0. As a Missouri Tiger fan, you haven't been able to say that since 2018. Yeah. You take that, you roll with it. You'd rather a drink what's probably the best thing you said in the postgame press conference. You would rather make all these mistakes and learn from them in a win than a loss. And that's what Missouri's doing right now. We will have to wait and see how next week goes. We will be back live from the press box right after uh, the conclusion of next week's game at, against Kansas State. For Park Gillum and Jaden Lewis and Rockham Reacts, we will see you guys next week.
0: Step into the world
3: of power, loyalty, and
0: luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family
2: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BGW Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Thank you, everyone, for tuning into Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more, just like it being directly into your personal device, Just click the subscribe button below. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify to search for Rock M Radio uh and if you like other sports fans first sports network uh is a podcast network that has uh coverage of all other teams Major League Baseball uh, MLS uh NFL whatever you want uh to listen and and read about it is a great great network full of really fantastic podcasts so look them up and subscribe uh to any and all of those podcasts uh Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks.